With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. music therapist, as well as a mother, a wife, a daughter, and a sister, and friend, and founder of Music for Life Center. At Music for Life, music is at the core of all that we do, connecting you to the life of your spirit through the life of your senses. With a favorite composer, Ludwig von Beethoven's quote, music is the mediator between the life of the senses and the life of the spirit. So how do we practice healing mind, body, and spirit? We plug you into yourself differently with music at the core, discovering that when you push play on music, you find out how the music is really playing you. (laughs) We support you harnessing the power of music to create a healthy lifestyle, connecting you to the life of your spirit through the life of your senses. So I'm delighted that you have joined me as we explore together this month's theme of Courage to Allow, honoring Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Our guest today is Catherine Hollowell, a board-certified music therapist, a certified music thanatologist, and a Music for Life music medicine practitioner intern. We'll be exploring a very sensitive topic together Music for Transition, honoring the transition of life into life after death. From Long Beach, California, Kat owns her private practice called Music to Live By, offering a variety of music-related services to support individuals in achieving their greatest potential throughout various stages across the lifespan, up into including the final moments of life. She is currently working on completing her Music for Life Music Medicine Practitioner Training, which is a nine-month program that she's actually doing with me, offering more opportunities for her to heal and provide wholeness to individuals struggling struggling with anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Welcome to the Music for Life radio show, Kat. Hi. Thank you for having me. 
we are going to go on a very interesting journey today. I know our listeners are probably going, so what the heck is the difference between a licensed music therapist, a board-certified music therapist, a certified music thanatologist, and a Music for Life music medicine practitioner? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's kind of waltz through that because um, you and I are both board-certified music therapists in the state of Nevada and some other states. Uh, Licensure Mm -hmm. is required, which simply validates our board certification. And then on top of that, you have taken a level of training that created this certification for you as a music thanatologist. So describe to our listeners, what is a music thanatologist? So music thanatology, actually the word thanatology comes from the Greek thanatos, and so that refers to death and dying. So we specialize in working with those who are approaching the end of life, um, also offering palliative care to individuals who are experiencing pain. And so that's one significant difference between a music thanatologist and a music therapist is that our specialization area is end-of-life care, whereas music therapists, you know, cover the entire lifespan Um so it's basically palliative care using harp and voice music, live harp and voice music at the bedside of individuals who are uh, entering the final stages of life and also their families uh, as they also are processing the transition together. So what would a music therapist do differently than a music sanitologist at bedside? Well, that's interesting that you asked that. I actually did a research paper on a very similar topic, just kind of overviewing some of the similarities and differences because that is a question that comes up a lot. Well, what does a music sanitologist do that a music therapist doesn't do? And and that's not really a, an easy and clear-cut answer. It's a lot of things that music sanitologists are trained to do. Some music therapists, incorporate intuitively. Um, I think a big difference is the training for the music thanatologist focuses on some of those areas, such as how to um, monitor physiological signs that we're um, observing and then responding to using the music. Um, You know, a music therapist might do that intuitively, or they might even have some training to do that. But I feel like they also encompass um, a broader scope from maybe uh, when an individual isn't exactly near death, they might be still processing with family members, working on goals such as uh, memory retention or um, a legacy project. So they're still... Uh, goals that are not necessarily related specifically to the final moments. Um, And the music thanatologist can also do that. So there's some overlap, but it's about where do you spend the most of of your time. So I found uh, in interviewing several music therapists and several music thanatologists, music therapists tend to spend the bulk of their time with people who are in a processing stage so still able to respond uh, verbally, still uh, conscious, and music thanatologists spend the bulk of their time uh, with individuals who are maybe not conscious, who are literally in the last 
hours or moments of their life and uh, really specifically tailoring what they do to the breath, to the um, the pulse, the quality of the pulse, and then other physiological signs that we're trained to look for. So do you find that um, having family members present at those final hours um, influences the patient's vital signs? Having family members present or not is kind of an interesting perspective to look at how you provide support Mhm. Yeah, definitely. So when so when I'm in a vigil where family is present, I'm also observing the family members and paying attention to their physiological responses to the music. So yeah. um you know, are they tense in their chairs? Are they pacing the room? Are they tearful? Um and a lot of times there will be that moment when they just let out a big sigh and sink deeper into their chair and you, you know they are also responding to the music that you're playing for their loved one. Um and you know the that's a really interesting question of whether the patient's vitals change based on the presence of family members that would be something I'd be interested to investigate. I'm I'm not sure the vitals can change throughout the vigil. Um and that can be due to the music or just their own processing. Um, and sometimes if they're conscious and aware of the presence of their family, then definitely I, I think that would influence them. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective because you are there for the patient, but when you've got loved ones there, you know, and you're talking about um, tran- music for transition, from life to life after death, you're not talking just mm-hmm. about the patient that's passing. You're talking about loved ones that have to maintain their own life after their loved one is deceased. And right. what kind of comfort you can provide um, that will ease that transition for both those that continue to live and those that have passed. So it's, mm-hmm. I know in my, hosp- in my work with hospice that the term that was a good death would be mm-hmm. used often. Um, yes. And maybe you can, I'm sure you're familiar with the term, maybe you yes. can describe what that term means to our listeners. What is a good death? Sure. Well, that's definitely something that is subjective, but in terms of the way that the person is being honored, recognized, if there's family present or caregivers present, um you know, there's the sense of celebration whenever somebody is born and brought into this world. And um, a good death usually involves some sort of acknowledgement, recognition, assisting the individual who's making the transition and the family. And, you know, a good death, we aim for it being as pain-free as possible. That's not always the case but being supported in that process, you know, similar to a woman in, in labor who's about to give birth. It's not always necessarily pain-free, but she's supported. She has support. She has maybe a coach. Um, there are lots of people on the team, maybe family members present. And so being on the other end of that spectrum can have similar kinds of support. You've got a team of nurses, doctors to make sure 
the pain is managed as much as possible, other symptoms are managed as much as possible, that the family has a chance to be present, that there's as much chance for closure as possible, um, you know, finishing up whatever needs to be finished up. And, and that's definitely areas where music therapy and music thanatology can come in uh, as part of the team, along with, you know, chaplains, social workers. So it's definitely a team effort and all aimed at the best possible transition a person can have. Yeah. I know that in my own experience um, with hospice with my grandfather, that I was noticing my aunt, my uncle, and my mother who were in different stages of uh, accepting his passing. There was Mm. one that was like just wanting to be in the moment with him no matter what happened. And then there was Mm. one that was like, isn't he dead yet? (laughs) (laughs) Because that had been the person that had been constantly there through the roller coaster of up and down. you know, mm-hmm. yes, he's he's dying now, or no, he's not, or whatever, and just constantly having to be there when maybe the other two weren't as present. And then there was mm-hmm. the one that was like, no, you can't die yet. I'm not done with you, right? And so mm-hmm. you find those that um, those different responses just with family members and trying to negotiate some sort of peaceful resolve for those three different placements. In, in their desire right. for the loved one to stay or not stay or whatever that's like. It's it's an interesting um, kind of melting pot that everybody gets thrown into, you know, and just watching their loved one pass and being okay with it or not. So do mm-hmm. you find that music therapists will use any instrument or, you know, in, in their bedside, uh, session, whereas a, a certified music thanatologist always uses harp and possibly voice, or just harp. Yes, harp and voice. Any combination of the, you know, the two, one or the other, or both, is is mm-hmm. what we use. Yeah. So it it almost sets uh, a more consistent heavenly um, atmosphere, I would think, with the voice and with the harp, right? Yeah, we do get be. those comments a lot. That is definitely, you know, and it can it can go one of two ways. You know, it can be kind of the cliche of, oh, you're you're an angel, or some people look at the harp if they are understanding of the services and think, oh no, I'm not ready yet. So so there's that end which we have to deal with, and also just provide education and explanation about what it is we actually do. Um, but yet, very often. Um, there will be comments from family members that oh that was that was just heavenly that sounded like angel music and yeah. and to just accept that and know that was good for them you know that uh-huh. that's a compliment <laughs> and that was mm-hmm. something that was a positive experience for them. Mm-hmm. So in in training for music thanatology, um, you at first didn't know the harp. You had the other instruments required by as a, as a music therapist but you just decided that that sounded like a good route or a, a population that you resonated with i mean what what triggered you into wanting to go into that area yeah I, actually i heard about it while i was still training doing my bachelor's degree for music therapy so it was in a textbook there was a little paragraph blurb about music thanatology and something just 
struck me about it, so I did some more investigation, some more research, um, spent a weekend in solitude at a retreat center in San Diego just praying, discerning, reflecting, and it just spoke to me. It just felt like that was where I was being called to serve, um, in addition to other areas, but that was just a really, really strong and clear call. So I actually, um, because I knew I had to learn harp, I started learning while I was still doing my undergrad. So I ended up using harp in some music therapy settings along the way too. So it has become a, a very useful instrument to have. And for our listeners who are trying to visualize you playing the harp, this describe the size of the harp because it's not like this huge harp that's like what six foot high. It's <laughs> right. That you carry around with you. It's a smaller harp, right? <laughs> Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> it's uh, I'd have to buy a new car if I had a concert harp. It is uh, a lever harp, and mine is maybe medium size. So if I'm, let's see, I'm five foot two, and it probably comes up to my eyebrows. So it's there are smaller harps and there are bigger harps, but this is definitely manageable to carry up and down stairs. I put it over my shoulder or a cart if I'm going far, but um, yeah, definitely for the setting, for the environment of a hospital room or somebody's bedroom, um, it's not super overpowering like a concert harp could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so we picked out a, some music that you were recommending for use with Transition, and the first song is by Mirabai and I'm not sure I'm even pronouncing the name correctly. Is it a male or a female? It's a Mirabai. it's a couple. It's a husband and wife duo. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's just the title of their duo, Mirabai Seba. I believe he's German, and I believe she is Brazilian or Argentinian. <laughs> wow. And then the the name of the song is also a foreign language ong namo yes it's uh the language is gurmukhi and it's a <laughs> chant that's it's it's used in yoga practices so it's a yogic chant um and it means so ong namo means i bow to the subtle divine wisdom the second half of the chant is guru dev namo which means i bow to the divine teacher within Wow. So when, uh, all right, so in listening to this, this is a very soothing piece, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I find it to be so. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly, let's qualify that. Um, our listeners are going to be able to go to the Music for Life blog, so the link to the blog on this um, blogtalkradio.com takes you to that, and that's where the music lists are with their links to the YouTube so that um, they can listen to it. So this one um, has the chance that they can um, do, and it's to put them hopefully into a a soothing, relaxing, peaceful state. And just for our listeners, in case that doesn't do that for you, then um, you can listen to the TEDx talk that talks about the music potential and what else you might need to do uh, in adjusting your music listening habits to possibly enable that piece to be soothing for you. Um, and you've used it with some clients or with yourself? Yeah, my, 
myself. So the so the songs that I that I sent to you are mostly songs that I use um, for myself when I am in need of a recharge or in between vigils or before a difficult vigil or that I'm anticipating it or afterwards. So just to kind of keep me going through my practice, um, I might use these songs uh, in more of a music therapy setting. So uh, especially the the last two with um, English text and that you know might be familiar to individuals, um, I might use that more in a music therapy context with... Um, people who can still be processing uh, familiar songs and and familiar text. So these are definitely more personal for me, kind of helping me get through uh, my days or just for some encouragement if I need some. Yeah, and it's so important for those that are working in hospice and palliative care that you have to take care of yourself or you're not going to be good to anybody. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So this these are pieces of music not only for those that are processing through death and dying, but Mm -hmm. also for the the therapist or the caregiver, um, or other therapy staff that could be um, at the hospice or the hospital setting. um, Mm -hmm. Or family members, you know. Yeah. Yeah, family members too. Yeah. Now, I know that I will follow with um, Tomlin is more of an energizing piece that Mm -hmm. is honoring a faith-based embrace, right? Yes. And to me, that song really, it speaks to me about service as just a reminder of you know, why I get up in the morning or why I chose this profession and um, just a reminder to continue to follow on that path, even if it doesn't always make sense to me, just to, to have that faith and to have that trust that, you know, I'm here and I'm a vessel and through me differences can be made. <laughs> oh, yeah. Empowering and allowing yourself to... Um sink into what you know is the truth about you, but sometimes it gets clouded over <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it can. when there's tension. <laughs> yeah, and in, and in the death and dying process, there can be so much tension, and you have mm-hmm. to be able to diffuse that within yourself and hopefully around you as well, so you have to have a lot of wherewithal to make that happen. The last mm-hmm. one, well, so the, the second one that you um, recommended, I will follow, the the video you said is actually a montage put together for this song. So when people see it, this is something that you created. Yes, actually, um, I my husband and I um, host prayer interfaith prayer circles once in a while, and um, sometimes a theme will pop up. Um, and I think this one had to do with service and and how do we say yes to where we feel like we're being called and what does that look like because everybody's call looks different um so i just found some photos and there's even one on there i believe of a music thanatology vigil and there's one of a music therapy session so i included that in there because those are close to my heart um but so it's just uh a collection of different images that represent some sort of response of yes to a call to service. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. 
And then the last one is a song that I'm sure many people will identify with, but it's done differently with the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir called This Little Light of Mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, when I was thinking about this third song, that was something on my heart, and I thought, well, is that too basic? Is that too, you know, simple? And and then I thought, well, there's beauty in that. There's beauty in simplicity. It's a simple song. It's a simple message. And the way that this choir performs it is gorgeous, I think. I love it. And it's inspiring and motivating. And there's a lot of energy behind it. Um, and it really just brings the message to life. And that, you know... Sometimes the most profound messages can be can be transmitted through the most simple means. So I thought, okay, I like that one. I'm going to use it. Sometimes when we uh, complicate our lives, <laughs> it's hard to get down to the simplicity, and that's when simplicity can really uh, drive to the core. You know, right. and just get through all that complexity. Yes, and that's actually even a concept as a, as a music thanatologist that that we consider, and I'm sure music therapy as well considers that. You know, but as we're supporting people who are leaving or preparing to leave their body, and all of this complexity that they've been around with medication or pain or treatment, you know, dealing with emotions that come up. And then getting into that place of simplicity and stillness so that they can actually rest into the present moment is is definitely something that we consider when we're supporting them with our deliveries. Hmm. You know, sometimes it's just as simple as focusing on the breath. Mm, absolutely. Know, and just let everything wash away and just focus on breathing in. And breathing out, and then maybe mm-hmm. adding a positive word <laughs> with yes. the breath in <laughs> and the breath out uh, to get you know all that other stuff out of the way so that you can focus. Um, mm-hmm. I I remember one patient in particular that I had been working with in hospice where uh, oh, there was so much tension, so mm. much family tension, and. Um, to, she was so tense that it was like she refused to die. So it was, it was causing challenges for everybody to even mm-hmm. just want to be with her because she was so tense. <laughs> and yeah. so her words, her demands, everything were creating tension for everybody. Mm. And mm. people weren't really wanting to be with her a lot. Yeah. And so <laughs> I came in to try and add some processing for her to it. And um before I knew it, she decided that she was going to go to that quieter still place and and release. And so she was wow. there when I came back. Um, wow. So just trying to relieve emotional tension mm-hmm. so that you can go to that simple more peaceful state um, is essential. So for our listeners who are maybe grappling with the death and dying issue with someone close to you and how to have the courage, 
you know, to be there with them. Um, it's just using your heart, you know, and music speaks to the heart. And we strongly recommend, you know, if you can't get a certified music thanatologist or a, a board certified or licensed music therapist to come in and support you, we have ways and means to to do that through the music medicine protocol to help you um, access music. That might be helpful. And the three songs that you've brought to the forefront here, Kat, have been really, I think, important for people to look at it and consider mm. how they might be able to use that in their in their lives and with their loved one. What would you like to impress on this world before you leave it? Hmm. Well, going back to the simplest answer, I would say one word, love. Hmm. To be loved, to do love, to see love, to hear love, all of that. Yes, absolutely. Because when it comes down to it, it's our five senses that sense all of that. Mm-hmm. And once those senses are not working, it could be shifting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> shifting yeah. into a different, a different realm. But perhaps yeah. there's even more love there. <laughs> yeah, I love one. Uh, I saw somebody's posting about um, their wife, uh, deceased mm. wife, and just said, you know, she uh, took up a different residence address. <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. And that's how they refer to it. Yeah. So thank you so much, Catherine, for being on the show with us today and sharing your experience of music therapy and music thanatology to release stress so that so many can be supported with music applied to really help us heal mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. It's my sincere mission to have inspired you with life skills featuring music medicine. Till we meet again, notice how you use the power of music in your life. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.